Welcome to the Fatty Z Musky Podcast. I'm Andy, and I'm joined by Vance. Hi, Vance. Hello. I'm joined by Todd. Hi, Todd. I am here. And like always, Ranger is with us. The original Ranger is somewhere in Ohio right now, but Ranger the skull mount, face mount, I don't know what you call that, head mount. He's still, he's shoulder still, mount. Shoulder mount. Shoulder mounted musky right here. So, yeah, yeah I shot that back in 1906. <laughs> he's got his little fins on there, those little ones underneath. I'd call it a shoulder mount. I don't have the fins on mine. Oh, you don't? I yeah, just have like, I have like the gills. You can see like that yeah. convoluted gill part, but. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. So you just got the head mount. Mm-hmm. It looks like there's a lot of Bondo with him, too. It's probably all Bondo. More than likely. Yeah. But that's what oh, you find in an call. antique shop for like 20 bucks or whatever it costs. I didn't even yeah. buy it. It was given to me. So Nice. Beautiful. He is beautiful. Looks like he ran into the wall with the way his top lip is tipped up, but yeah, that's all right. We still love him. All right. You guys have anything to add before we get these plugs? No, let's get going, man. This okay. Is big one. This is the big one. This is uh, hopefully the last hunting show that we do this year. We're gonna yeah. we, we try to keep it down to two. So uh, wrap it up. Let's wrap this one up. So Fatty Z Musky products, fattyzmusky.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and you can find the baits at Team Rhino Outdoors for exclusive colors and Musky Tackle Online for. The standard colors. You can also find those at fattyzmusky.com. The rod holders. You're only going to find the rod holders at the website. There are no dealers for the rod holders or Project X. So if you're interested in any of that, please look me up, get in touch with me, and we can chat about rod holders. So I got a couple uh, couple boats right now that I'm working with people to make you know make this work out for them. So be sure to look that look me up. And I can help point you in the right direction, even if it is not with our products. And that's Fatty Z in a nutshell. How's Muddy Creek? Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek's doing very well. MCFishingGuides.com. Check out our website. Get a hold of us. Vance and I are booking trips all, you know, all the time here. Uh, this is even before show season. Usually we're pretty, usually we have a pretty open schedule going into the show season. But this year we got... I don't know, Vance and I, look, we have 40-some-odd 40, 40 days already on the book, so this might be a little bit harder year to get in on certain death times of the year around those moon phases. So if you're interested, you got some ideas of when you want to come, get hold of them sooner rather than later. We'll get you out there, get you on some Chautauqua Lake muskies come Memorial Day weekend next season. I'll also be booking some trips in that earlier season, like late, late, uh, late April maybe we'll get started, mid-late April. Hey, you know, I don't do a ton, but we'll do some trips there when guys are interested and fish some of our local PA lakes. Looking forward to that. Didn't get to do it at all last season. Oh, well, one day for a couple hours. But uh, get a hold of us. We'll get you out there. Do our best. Excellent. And when you're on that charter, what kind of rods will you be using? We're going to be using some St. Croix rods for sure. We've got some St. Croix new, new trolling rods used them at the end of the season last year with some others. Other rods still mixed in. I think Vance is going to get some new St. Croix here. We're going to check them out when we get to this. Uh, I think they're going to be at the at one of our shows, and maybe we'll get to hold them and feel them and get a feel for which ones we're going to order next season. So. Yeah, I would imagine that 
at that Columbus Fishing Expo that they're going to have some kind of representation at that show. That seems like a... That's what, I, that's what I was thinking. It's a pretty big show there, yeah. Yeah, so while we're at it, we might as well hit that up. So we're going to be in the Muskie's Inc. booth. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of product there, but we're going to be pushing Muskie's Inc. pretty hard. Um, you know, I, we've never been there. We don't know what to expect. I've never been to anything but a... Um, fishing show, uh, musky fishing show, not, not a fishing general show as a vendor. So we're going to be interested to see there. I guess the attendance is much higher than what we're used to, but, um, we're going to be there. We're going to look at some stuff. I mean, it's going to be neat. It's going to be fun. And I don't have an address for that, but it is in February. So, uh, anyone's interested, you have plenty of time to look that up before, uh, probably before we'll even get details of it. So, that but prior to that we're going to be in hillard ohio the mccoy center with the ohio muskie show put on by greg and tony you know you've heard them many times on our show um i don't know was like i said fourth or fifth year we've been going i think fifth i think we've yeah, been there four times yeah so always a good show that's first one of the year this year so we'll see they might even have more attendance than normal uh, it usually was stuck in there in and amongst some other ones, you know. I know some guys that weren't able to go because they were like, I just got back from this show and this show, and I don't have anything left. So maybe, maybe they'll have even a bigger and better show than, than, than we're used to. Yeah, that, that'll be nice. It's fairly local. Yeah. And then uh, jumping uh, two months ahead, you're going to be down in Pittsburgh at the Muskie Max. We're going to have more Muskie details. Max. I mean, can you guys believe it? It's like in a month we're going to be into show season. Yeah, I can't believe it. And, um, you know, just yeah, the way the calendar and stuff goes, you know, we hit hunting season. I'm like, oh, I got all this, and it just, boom, it's it's over yesterday. And now we have a month, and in that month we're going to have Christmas and Christmas. New Year stuff. and Kids off school, and yeah. Yeah. Crazy crazy so it's coming it but is coming check out check out ranger boats uh big shout out to them for sponsoring this podcast and uh it's the winterization season check out vic sports center uh for all your service and boat buying needs uh, in kent ohio uh, they sell starcraft star welds and the ranger boats and they got a pretty good selection of used boats uh, at the shop there, they put up a whole new pole barn um, for their service center. Um, it looks like a giant. It's like a you know, looks like a sixty by eighty big building thing. So uh, I have not been over recently. Do you know? Are they? They're probably in there by now. Yeah, they're. Uh, I was talking to them, and they said that they're. They're pretty much they're in the final stages of that. Just so moving in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's pretty pretty good there. Um, but yeah, check them out. You know, this year, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna go real personal just to make a joke. So this year, our Christmas tree is really it's 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 more reasonable. But prior years, you know, oh, we want a six foot tree, and it comes in at eleven. Our yeah. trees, like last year and the year before in our new house, were so big that I could have put a ranger boat underneath them. 
<laughs> so if you have big giant Christmas trees, maybe on your list it should be a ranger boat to go underneath it. Would be a really nice gift. It would be a really nice gift. And hopefully this tree that we have this year will not tip over and smash on the floor like the last two yeah. years. Brand new floor, brand new house, smash, oh, yeah. water everywhere, because that's the joy of a live tree. But anyways. I got artificial. I'm going to tell you what. I think you're going a better route than we are, but that's not my opinion, right? I mean, it is my opinion, but that's not my choice right now, so. <laughs> Anyways, St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth. You know, they're, they're a staple in the fishing industry. Todd uses them. I use them. Vance uses them. I, I, you know, there's few people I can't even say off the top of my head who'd consider themselves serious, you know, fishermen and women who haven't at least touched one, owned one, you know, whatever. They, uh, different levels, different budgets, different species. They're great. So check them out. You know, you hit up a, hit up a show. I'm sure you'll be able to see them there or local, uh, retailer hop on their website and find that out. And, you know, if you're, if you're used to maybe not the best rods, maybe you should check out the best rods on earth. So, you're double dipping on St. Croix. Double dipping? Yep. That's how good they are. <laughs> so. You right. wanted you to know twice. Well, I did. <laughs> you know, I, I feel obligated that I need to say that, so. Nice. All right. Muskie's Inc. Todd? Muskie's Inc. Let's talk about Muskie's Inc. Lots of great stuff going on with Muskie's Inc. The main uh, office or whatever up in Boygan, Wisconsin, uh, but we have chapters all over the country. Wherever there's muskies, pretty much every state you can find a chapter somewhere in your state and uh, get involved. Find a chapter, get to know some guys, attend a couple meetings, and uh, or even if you can't get to a lot of meetings, you know, just send in your money. There's it's going to different things. There's going to some scholarships for kids. Muskies think there's it, all they. It, all they're doing is help to promote our sport. Very important. I think it's very important. We, uh, anybody into musky fishing should be a member of musky Inc. you know, and uh, all the clubs do all kinds of neat things. Tomorrow's our, our club and in, in Pittsburgh, which I don't get, to, I, I've been tournament director before. I used to go to a lot of meetings. I speak usually at least once a year. You know, I've done lots of different seminars done at our club. I haven't been to one here recently just because of scheduling and, but uh, it's our big Christmas party. You know, they get a catered meal in from one of the local places. It's always a fun time. Raffle tickets. You know, they raise some money. They're giving away. Uh, you can buy tickets to that Penguins. Some Penguins tickets that they got donated. You can get tickets down there. They usually do a 50-50 raffle. There's all kinds of stuff the club does. And it's just fun. You know, after that, we'll be having our, our awards banquet <coughs> usually in March. And, uh you know, everybody that participated gets that. Once again, a lot of nice raffle tables. Our club's really, really lucky uh, in that, you know, we have, we have some really big lure makers. Not not that have popped up in the last five, ten years, you know. Uh, guys have been around, around a long time. You know, Wiley lures, Leo lures, Legend lures. You know, these guys have all been making lures a long time. And there's always a lot of them available on our tables. So, uh and all the clubs have that, you know, people, people donate things and, uh, you can win a lot of prizes. You, you, you know, you can win 
win a lot of things at these meetings they have and uh, just get involved. Lots of good things happen in Muskies Inc. Thanks, Muskies Inc. All right. I was thinking about an if you had to choose, and we didn't discuss this prior to the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do one. It's going to be another hunting one because it, it fits into this. So it is about regret, mm-hmm. and both of them are going to be hindsight. So <clears throat> if you had to choose passing a buck early on, in hopes to see a bigger one, but you don't. Or shooting one that you find acceptable only to keep hunting to have a bigger one come through. And I'm not talking like, oh, this one's just a little nicer. I'm talking considerably, considerably better. Mm-hmm. Which guilt would you rather have, or re- not guilt, regret? Which regret would you rather have? Well, I can speak with a lot of uh, experience on this. <laughs> you know, I've been hunting a long time. We get into doing the doing the deer drives, and uh, uh, if you if you have regret, if you think you're gonna have regret, then don't shoot. You know, we talked about last time. Would you rather get that one first thing in the morning, first day of gun? I don't get to do any archer anymore. You know, I went through the trophy hunting spell where I wasn't shooting anything unless it was big, and I only. I only shot a couple and, you know, they were, they were big for Pennsylvania deer, but, uh, I can't count on, I need more than both my hands to count how many times I have not had a tag. And I've been doing these deer drives and had unbelievable shots at much larger bucks. But to be honest, there's no regret. You know, a lot of those bucks have had to get mounted. There's another $500 fish out. I don't really care. I, where would I put them, you know? <laughs> but that, that's just me, you know? I don't have a re- I, I, I don't regret when I shoot. In the instance, sometimes it's hard when you're standing there and you got a significantly larger buck standing in your scope, and it's like, wow, that thing is done right now. Hopefully it goes to my brother or dad or friend, whoever I'm doing the push to, you know what I mean? But it's happened to me many, many, many times. But uh, I, I don't hold a whole lot of regret. If I did, I would wait and just wait for for a big one, you know, which may or may not come. That's which one yeah. you would choose is you'd rather regret not having the tag with the big one in front of you than regret passing one that would have yeah, filled your tag. that filled my tag and a little later I don't have, I didn't get one, you know. I mean, you, you've experienced both of those, at least just in the years that we've been talking about this stuff. Oh, yeah. You've been on both sides of that fence more than mm-hmm. a couple times. Many times, yeah. Yes, I've done the passing, too, yeah. And I, 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 re- I regret it more. I'm not, a, I'm not a real trophy hunter, you know. Mm-hmm. Like a nice adult buck, and that's good for me. It's part of tradition. Is something I had to do. I have to do it for my grandpa. He's long gone, but he's, he wouldn't be happy when I passed him up, I know. <laughs> so I'm going to keep that attitude. Okay. So we're going to go from one extreme to the other. So Todd has been on both sides of that fence, and I'm not sure Vance has been on 
either side of that fence. I haven't. Okay, so yeah. going to the other extreme, which one would you rather have? I mean, I'd rather have a buck down and have one come through, you know. Have a nice buck down and have, like, a bigger one come through and say, like, oh, shucks, you know. <laughs> Is yep. that what you would say? It's all shucks? Oh, shucks, <laughs> yeah. Darn it to heck. Yeah. <laughs> you jerk. And <laughs> <laughs> I've passed up a lot of bucks, you know. <laughs> I'm going to say that there's only been like one day that I know of that you actually passed up bucks that you could have shot that were legal and it wasn't in Pennsylvania. Right. Yeah, I don't think I've, I've seen one in, in PA that was, I could have shot. Uh-huh. I don't think. No, I mean, well, your first two years, you got them on your first first two. No, no, there was a year in between, wasn't there? Yeah, you got two of your deer on your first hunts of the season. Mm-hmm. So, so did I, yeah. You had another season in there, and you had a season this year that. Yeah, yeah. Some people it really kills people that they're like, oh my gosh, look at that. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess to, to kind of wrap, you know, to, to get the third voice in on this, there there is obviously like, I, I'm not terribly choosy, but I do have a threshold that I want to try to, you know, and it moves, it moves throughout the season, mm-hmm. but you know, there's, I, I'm running a lot more of the cameras, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot more desk work looking and this and that, and when I say, you know, guys, do you remember when I sent you that text? I think I passed a buck I might regret. Yes. Yeah. I, do, mm-hmm. I don't regret it now after everything getting done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a time that, you know, I was looking back, you know, coming, you know, rounding into that first Saturday of rifle season. I'm like, why did I pass some of those deer? Mm-hmm. You know, but, but and, and, you know, you're, you're, you're still doing the archery. I don't get a chance to do that anymore. And it is way, de- you know, archery was way different, you know. It's mm-hmm. a long six weeks of season, you know. You got your opening day, you got your opening few days of rifle season, and I'll tell you, in Pennsylvania, you know, it starts becoming pretty much of a, it's, it becomes a crapshoot now. How many chances are you going to get? Archery is a lot different, you know. I was easy to pass in there, you know, so you're, you're, you're a little, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely, even, if, you know, if I was archery hunting, even when I got into it, it was like, well, I'm not going to shoot that. I'm not going to give up my buck tag for that. Because I'm not going to give up my buck tag for that and miss rifle season because I could get one bigger than that on in rifle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was hard for me because I was a rifle hunter so much all those years without doing archery. But that's a that's a good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Vance, it's it's the the female deers that are eluding him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess like you know like eat. Eating the tag was, I guess that, you know, I still stick to my, if you had to choose the second one that you, uh, you threw out there, but, you know, I, thinking about it on like the dough, 
Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about it more in this podcast about like how in the first week of Pennsylvania, I was seeing like so many deer, 30, 40, you know, and, you know, a big one and two little ones, a big one and two little ones, you know, legit doe that were dead. Uh, they and, could have been dead. Yeah. I just want to clear that uh, up. They weren't actually dead. But. Yeah. And, uh, of course they weren't fucked. Jesus, of course they weren't dead <laughs> because I can't shoot female deer. But, um, <laughs> you know, I wanted, I wanted to, to do that. And like when you're sitting there and you have like, uh, you have a buck tag and it's doe season and you pass up the doe because you think this buck's going to come out and you think, oh, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to spook, I'm going to get out, I'm going to drop my scent everywhere, I'm going to gut a deer, that's no good, big rigmarole, I'm never going to shoot the buck. And then you're sitting there like I was, uh, having trouble finding doe. Uh, so that's, that's why I would like hate the, how uh, you said, I, I would... I think I'm going to regret not shooting. That sucks. Mm-hmm. You're generally happy with what you shoot, you know, or you wouldn't pull, pull the trigger in the first place, you know? Mm-hmm. Not just, you know. I, you know. I usually, even though we have a point restriction, honestly, I usually know in about, before I even look through the scope, I know whether I'm going to shoot that deer or not. Yeah. As long as I can put the points on it to make it happen, you know, and that's depending on what time of the year it is, you know, how late in the season is it into those two weeks of rifle and what I see coming, you know, I've seen lots of deer, even in our rifle season, I just don't shoot the first little buck where I look and I'm like, ah, year, year old, year and a half old deer look, oh yeah, it does have a brow 10 at that point, it's seven points and I put the gun down, you know, yeah. but when you see one that has like a 16 inch spread out there, then that's when I can't hold back anymore. I'm like, yep. Shooter, count the point, get the point on it, pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's the way I hunt, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, um, we're going to start off with me talking quite a bit. And I'm going to try to make as much sense as possible. And Vance Todd, stop me if I'm like skipping like too much details. For it to make sense. Mm-hmm. I know you guys live this with me, but uh, I'm going to talk about all the stuff that I did different this summer leading into this, you know, and do a couple, couple kill stories. So, <clears throat> and ask any questions, even if you know the answer, if you feel someone might want to ask. So, I'm going to probably say 11 months ago or something like that, I listened to a podcast that. Uh, talked about habitat consultants, and I had no idea what that was. Anyways, I listened to it all, and it opened up my eyes from you know to a whole different way of managing your property. For I don't know the last three or four years, we had been planting food plots out at, out at Dad's, and I've been planting food plots behind my house as well. And I kind of noticed a plateau. Like this is just what this is going to do. You know, it's just you're not going to get any better than that. So this is it. And I'm just like, well, I want to I want to keep working. And then I, I, I saw this this option. I looked into it and um, we hired a habitat consultant. So 
what a habitat consultant does is, you know, there's, there's several of them out there. And, uh, in fact, the one that I, I reached out to says he doesn't travel this far anymore. And he recommended another guy and, uh, his name was Randy Vanderveen. And, uh, he came out, he drove, I think he said 450 miles, come out here. He spent a whole day with me and dad and we walked around the property. It's really cool stuff, like what he was doing. So prior to coming out, he, I answered a bunch of questions. I talked to him probably an hour on the phone. He came out and we walked all over dad's acres, all over. We spent eight and a, eight and a half hours. I think that we walked for eight and a half hours. And I think we put almost six miles down just, and, and it's not a huge chunk of land, but we went over Hill and Dale through the fields, looked at everything. And this was right around Easter this spring. And he talked about, you know, how we've noticed the deer travel this way. Um, you know, what's, what, where we think they're bedding. Obviously we know where they're eating and just overall basic everything and what we were hoping to achieve out of a plan. You think you guys did this? There was no snow on the ground. There, probably. there was, there was not really any snow. No. No. Okay. Yeah. It was. We actually did it on. Good, it didn't like M- March or. It was Good Friday. April. We did it on Good okay. Friday, so it was late okay. March this past mm-hmm. spring, and, but you know, it's just, we're we're covered up in deer out there. That's that is. I'm gonna say where we're at is borderline. It's not. It's it's not like oh I'd love to see tons of deer. It's almost too many. If, if there's a sliding scale, in my opinion, you know, just like if you had a lake that was so full of muskies that it just, there's just too many and they're all two foot long versus a uh-huh. lake that might have one, but it's, you know, the, the, the legend of old Mossback, you know, that one that occasionally yep. shows up. So anyways, I think we're getting to that extreme and I don't, I don't even know if we can do anything about it, but anyway, so we're there and so about, I don't know, a week or so later, he goes and we have a webinar to where he records this. So let me back up. He mailed us this essentially laminated map of, of you know, your property, of, you know, our property. And before it was just woods. It was woods and fields and trails. And that's was, that was it. The deer lived there. That's their home. That was the mentality was there's not much you can do about it besides that. And, you know, as we find out, there is so much more you can do if you're willing to do it, if you're doing it for deer. And I can go, I can go seven hours talking about this. But, you know, as I looked into it, I said, man, this stuff makes, this is so blatantly obvious and it makes so much sense. I don't know how more, more people just don't see it of what you can do. And more or less what it what it boils down to is you can put more food in front of a deer's face with a chainsaw than you can with a tractor. And you know, and it's and it's not just it's it's easy for deer to have food, you know, late late spring all the way to fall because it grows everywhere. But what you can do with a chainsaw will really help them out in the winter. It'll help them sleep. It'll help, you know, you can manipulate their travel routes. And you can just design a property to hunt smarter and produce better. I don't want to say produce better bucks, but you're, you're going you're gonna to have better opportunities at good bucks by, by doing this. And, 
you know, I got dad to get on board with it. So we went ahead. We did that. Getting back to that webinar, we had the plan. We looked it over, and he spent an hour and a half. We have a private YouTube link that he posted for us that anytime, you know, we need clarification, we can go back to it, and we can just rewatch it or fast forward or do whatever. It's only for us, you know, unless I put that link out for everyone to see, but I'm not. So it's tailored for us, and he has it broken down into bedding areas and, you know, how you're going to make bedding areas travel routes. What are you going to do to those travel routes? All of this is involving hinge cutting, barriers, stopping the deer from going in places, you know, and it's not stopping them like a deer's never going to make it in, but it's deer are lazy, just like people. Would you rather walk on a sidewalk around, you know, a park, or would you just walk right through the park if it was full of bushes and thorns and all that stuff? (coughs) So, we started implementing it, and you know he pretty much said that this is a three-year goal. If you can accomplish all of this in three years, you guys worked really hard. And it takes time. It takes effort, and you know it doesn't take the most expensive tools. I mean, really, if you have a chainsaw and a couple hundred bucks, you can you and can a really, habitat hook. A habitat hook's a couple hundred bucks, and Vance got to see us use the habitat hook, and uh, you helped. I used the habitat. Yeah, you did I, that work day that we had this spring. I broke. Uh, I, I don't think I broke it. No, I no, no. Collectively broke it. We we were both hanging off of it, trying to dislodge this tree that we got stuck. So, yeah. And then we took it to work and we fixed it, and now it's back up and running. But um, anyway, so we did a lot of hinge cutting, and you know we're, we're we're getting this. We're learning still. We're getting better, and I think we accomplished a lot with that. So if anyone has any questions about that stuff, you know, I'm, I'm not going to drone on about it, but we, we started doing that this year. Uh, something else that I did was with the amount of food plots I've been planning at my house and out at dad's doing it. There's a couple ways of doing it. One's not doing it all. Two is doing it, you know, with just small, you know, implements and whatever, if you have a tractor or a rototiller or whatever, you know, we, we don't have, we have some tight spots. So I ended up buying a, a Furminator, a four foot version for my tractor at home. And we used it out at dad's and more or less, it essentially cut down 50% of the time it took me to plant our plots. And I planted a, a lot more this year than I normally have. And, um, which is nice. We have a lot of deer. That stuff was getting mowed down so quick prior to that. And Todd, like, when you were going to get those dough last week, mm-hmm. you brought up the thing. He goes, Andy, what'd you plant here? Dirt. And I said, no, the deer made it dirt. They just, they ate it all out. It was gone. All the stuff. we bu- Button buck blend. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was the button buck blend. The triple B's. <laughs> I'm going to have Vance's. I'm going to have my own seed company. Fat AZ, and then it's Fat AZ Seeds. The Triple B with Vance's face on it. <laughs> we saw two, yeah, we saw two does out at the end all day, and they were like running through like, ah! <laughs> Yeah, but the one was being Not chased by a, by a buck. One was getting chased by a buck, and it was with a button buck, yeah. <laughs> the button yeah. buck blend. But, I mean, I, I sent you guys some real nice videos of like the deer that look like rats just covering. Oh, yeah. Covering that stuff. So, I mean, you you can't do much then about it. But So, you know, I'm trying to be more efficient with all that. And then uh, 
for the first time ever, I'm going to be bouncing back and forth be- between the two two properties, Dad's and, and my house. And uh, I tried I tried soybeans this year. Uh, in my house, I probably when I say that I have like one acre that's huntable, it's essentially a tower stand in an acre plot, and then I've been slowly taking over my yard because I don't want to mow all of it, but I have no problem planting it. So I planted like a half acre in this in the yard and then a half acre back by the by the tower. And I was doing an experiment. And this experiment was I put an electric fence around the one near the tower stand and no fence by the other stand uh, not the other stand we only have one on the on the side yard just to see if it's going to make a difference because that was a big fear of mine after reading a lot of stuff when people say that beans are king for for deer attracted and I'm like well I don't know where there's the closest bean field around my house I'm going to see maybe they don't even know that it's food well probably come mid to late July I noticed that the side yard was not growing that well and I was probably belly button height in the fence. And how I made this fence was very cheap. I went to Tractor Supply, bought like a 10-mile solar-powered fence charging system and two quarter-mile spools of wire. The local hardware store rips junky two-by-fours into stakes. And I bought like two bundles of them and some of those like fencing nails that look like horseshoes. And I'd go and I'd pound these stakes in. And I did essentially two loops, one about six foot inside the other one, so 12 foot smaller if you're going off a diameter. It's not a perfect circle. but So I have these these two parallel fences um, with the wire about belly button height. And the reason that I did that, I mean, I probably had 300 bucks in the whole fence, fencing in a half acre. It was... I had read that a deer has very poor depth perception because their actual vision from each eye, the overlap is very small. Unlike a human's where our eyes are more forward facing, we have a lot of overlapping, you know, uh, peripheral vision there. And a deer will get there and say, well, if there was one fence strand, I can jump over that. But it has a hard time gauging how far it needs to jump to get past the second one. And I will say that it absolutely worked. The problem with that fence being like that was a couple problems. Come July and August, I couldn't see my fence anymore. I used, um, they were, let's see, what were they? They were Eagle. Eagle beans, it was some mix. I don't even know what it was. There's a local dealer here, and he says this is what he plans. So I grabbed two bags. I only needed one, so I have a bag for next year. But uh, that stuff got incredibly deep. It, it just it was so tall, and uh, I'll talk about how tall it is here later on. But so I couldn't see my fence anymore. My fence wasn't; it's still there. I don't know if there was any electricity because it was completely covered in soybeans. But it kept the deer out still. The other thing was it invited a lot of woodchucks to my house. <laughs> And I did not meet my goal on woodchucks. Once I started shooting them, I, in the spring, I have a hard time shooting woodchucks. I don't, uh, Vance, have you ever shot a woodchuck? Uh, 
Um, you know, I I've shot like them with BB guns and stuff when I was younger. I've never killed killed them dead like you did. Okay, and I'm sure Todd, you've killed a few in your day. I've killed a few, not many. Okay. Have you ever went hunting for them, like, right when they're coming out of their holes and stuff like that, and then, like, the month or two after that? No. No. You talk about it a lot. I, the, and you do it a lot. You do it a lot. I, I have, you know, when they come out of their holes, if anyone out there that wants to have fun target practicing, they are really, <laughs> really stupid when they come out of their holes in the spring. They're just, uh, it's like they don't know what's going on. And... I kind of feel bad for him, but then again, I'm also, this is a, this is very opposite views. I feel bad for him. So I don't really want to shoot him then give him a fair very fair shot, you know? But then on the other hand, I'm like, if I kill him now, that woodchuck could have like 10 babies and then I could have a whole bunch more to shoot. But then I'm shooting babies which makes me sad. So it's this weird thing. But anyways, and then I also don't like shooting them when, I, when I'm when i like, okay, there's a big fat one out there, and this is maybe mid to late spring. And I'm like, I don't know if it has a nest of babies. And again, I don't want to shoot mommy, and then I just know that I just starved a half a dozen other woodchucks. So I kind of hold off. And when I hold off, I this past spring, I found that I get a lot of woodchucks. And I had really good numbers, but not as good as numbers as I was wanted. So throughout the summer, I was starting to just like send numbers because I had been talking about the amount of woodchucks I was shooting. And I would just start, you know, the, the, the group text that I have between Vance and Todd, I'll just, I'll just text out a number. Sometimes it's three numbers. It'll be like 21, 22, 23. And they all knew what it meant. And all I would do is like walk down through my yard get to my tree stand, climb up the tree stand, give it two minutes, turn around and walk back in. And I ended, I did not shoot one during archery season with a gun. There was a time I'm like, I'm, I'm done hunting them. And I, I ended, I ended with 39 woodchucks in my 10 acres. I could not get 40 though. Pathetic. Pathetic. <laughs> Though there was a time that I went back archery hunting, there were three out there. And I'm just like, do I do it to say I hit 40 and waste an arrow? Because essentially I would shoot that woodchuck and it'd cost me roughly 40 bucks if I lost the arrow. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up saying that I can live with 39. But I did not shoot a single woodchuck off of my land this past summer. 39 off of 10 acres and they them in conjunction with the deer i'm going to probably say i i can't say because i'm not watching my yard in the middle of the night but those woodchucks were terrorizing those soybeans it, it got so bad like i you know woodchucks aren't aren't smart to begin with i'd shoot one and another one would run right back out it's just like they were addicted to them. Like I sprinkled cocaine on it or something. They just could not get enough of it. And uh, so anyways. And Vance and I the whole time knew these woodchuck numbers when it was like 1920. And then late summer there, we would get a text. It said like, when it got up to where it said 35, 36, I would send a message to Vance like, 
Is Andy fishing today? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, those are woodchuck numbers. Okay, those okay. Because you got into, like, musky size numbers, which is, the, yeah. that's what Vance and I text. It'll say, like, you know, but not not always in order, like, you know, it might say 41, mm-hmm. 38, 36. Mm-hmm. But we know what that is. And I yeah. was like, man, is Andy fishing? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, those are woodchuck skills, yeah. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little more about the woodchuck. So right around the 4th of July, I, my wife started to like, in the spring, I always see a bunch of turkey vultures because stuff dies in the winter and starting, you know, it froze and now it's starting to decay and the vultures come and eat, whatever. I would just, if it was in the yard, I'd kick it off in the weeds. But if it was back in my food plot, I just let it lay. I'd shoot it and let it lay. And finally, my wife was like, you got to throw those down the hole or throw them deep in the weeds. Because we had a constant circling around our house. And I'm not just talking one or two. I'm like, there's dozens. The roof of my hut had like 12 on it. And there's like three dead woodchucks. And you see like another six or eight on the ground tearing it to pieces. And then one day I look back there. And you guys might recall this photo. The buzzards jumped away. And down comes, uh, you know, a great American bald eagle lands right on the carcass and starts eating it. And I think it was like the 4th of July because I'm like, what's more patriotic than a giant food plot and a bald eagle eating a dead woodchuck? (laughs) You know, I I put my phone up to my binos and I I zoomed in on it and I, I I took a picture and there it was just sitting in my yard, which by the way, that was the day I started throwing them in the weeds because we have our ducks that my kids and my wife cherish so much that walk around the yard. I don't need a bald eagle to come down and take one of the pets. So I changed my ways after that, but very cool nonetheless. Anyways. You could have been like that freak that shot a bald eagle around here. I happen to work with the guy that that's his father-in-law. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I would say that he probably went to Harvard, right? No, he, yeah, that was, it was a bonehead move what he did. He shot an eagle. I, I forget the whole story, but now that you remind me, that is, that is a relative of a guy I work with. Nice. So. Oh my God. Not a smart thing to do. Something like that. He, he shot it. Because he said it was messing with his barn cats, but like the story fell apart because I guess he was trying to shoot his barn cats like previously to this because they're just they're feral cats. If anyone's been around like a milk barn or something like that, to where like the Todd, you know what I'm talking about? I don't think Vance oh, had a lot of milk barns around Pittsburgh where he where he yeah. grew up. There I are, worked on silos. I know exactly. There's cats running around like rats some places. Yeah. Yeah. You you get up in like you know the hayloft and you're you're throwing bales of hay and you're like stepping on kittens and stuff and you're like what are, what's going on up here it is uncontrollable some of these cats yeah. and they're all feral don't even get near them all are mean yeah. there's always like one that has one eye and the other one's all gooped up with gunk yeah and they're like well we tried to catch it but it you know it you know it ripped through this tarp that we threw over and like it was yeah. canvas and stuff they're just incredibly mean animals <laughs> So, anyways, that's kind of my prep work up until that point. Planting a whole bunch of food plots, cutting a whole bunch of trees, setting the property up to hunt smart, and 
really neat stuff, and I'm really excited about it. And we get into that leads us into archery season. So but it's not just like it's not just like that work is a one and done thing. No. You're uh, you're making this property like the work that you did this year. You'll see the uh, you'll see the benefits of it in years to come. Kind of like okay, we stocked 14 inch muskies this year, you know, in three years that, you know, they're going to be mid thirty, something like that, you know? Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, Vance, that's a great point. I'm going to bring this up. I wanted to make sure I mentioned this. So, um, it's, it's an investment in time because, you know, some of these bedding areas that we made, they're going to hold some deer now, but what's going to happen is, is this year's growth was okay. What, what we have now is the sun hitting the forest floor, and we're going to have a whole bunch of new growth come up next year. The year after that, it's going to be thicker. The year after that, it's going to be thicker. And as long as you do some maintaining on that stuff, you're going to have something really good. You let it go to crap, it's going to be better than what it was prior to the cutting. But just like anything, it needs maintenance. When I, when I talk to people who want to do food plots, I, I tell them, I said, I will always say this. I mean, people can disagree or whatever, but I, my true believing is you got to do it for three years to really see like full benefit from it. And here's my thinking is that so around Pennsylvania, three and a half year old is an old, old deer, Duck, a buck or buck or doe. And I'm just going to say the average life of a deer is going to be three and a half. It's probably more two and a half, but I'm going to use three and a half. Um, because they, they're born in the spring and they, most of them die in the fall. So that's that half a year there. Um, so you, you, you plant a food plot and all the deer that are alive never knew that food plot existed until you planted it. So all those three and a half year olds, two and a half, one and a half, half year olds, the half year olds are going to be the ones that say, Hey, there's food here. In my eyes, it's more impressionable for them to say, there's food here. I know where to get food now. The one and a half, you know, whatever. Year two, all of those six six month old deer are now one and a half. They're like most of their life they knew that that was there, and their babies know that that's there. Depending on what you plant, but I'm keep just for the sake of the thing. So every year after that, by the time you get done planting year three, almost every single deer that had been living on your property has known that in their life that food has been there. Does that cycle make sense? I kind of went through it fast. Oh, yeah. So, so now all these deer just know there's food here. And that's to me is like when it gets to the point to where maybe you had a little buck that was a button buck and it made it to two and a half, three and a half. And it just says, yeah, my whole life there's always been food here. It doesn't know why. It doesn't know how it got there. It's just been food. Same thing with these bedding areas. Hey, we never bedded here before. Oh, but look at this. It ain't so bad. And they just kind of, you know, do whatever. And they don't sleep in it every single night. There's seasonal stuff, but for the most part, that's just kind of what, what we did a lot of this summer. And the fun thing about it was I could wake up at 6 o'clock, go out, you know, stop at the Amish bakery, get a really unhealthy donut, go over to Dad's, work for two or three hours. The sun gets up, it gets hot, you get out of there. So that's what I could do for two, three hours on a Saturday 
you know, May, June, July. So that was, uh, that was that. So it's an investment and we've waded into it. Um, I also did some different stuff. I got different trail cameras this year. I sold some of my other ones. I, uh, I'm not going to go super deep into it, but I got a whole bunch of cutty links. If anyone's into trail cameras and wants, wants an honest review on those cutty links, hit me up and I can tell you what it's all about. But more or less, it's going to boil down to this. If you follow the instructions and, you know, follow the instructions and you do things halfway sensible, they do what they advertise. That's what I'm going to say right there. So any questions, just hit me up. I'll give you, I have 14 of them. So um, going on to it. So archery season, first day of archery, sitting in my favorite spot. And I saw, I don't even know how many middle teens number of deer and I passed up a small eight and he was okay but you know nothing nothing special he was probably a small two and a half year old or a really nice one and a half it's, it's hard to tell on those those bucks like that and um dad saw a bunch of deer and you know I don't want to say we struggled but it was just it was hard to get like the the, the good ones just were not hitting when the sun was up, they were in the plots, but they were all coming, you know, after dark, which tends to happen that time of year. You know, it, it we have some ag on the property and close to it. And, uh, you know, it, it's tough when you're competing with a bean field right next to you. But we were having a good season. We were seeing deer and um, getting, you know, as we march along through October, we start getting to... Um, we start getting to where it gets good. I'm gonna probably... It's hard. To, it's hard to. Uh, I'm sorry for stopping you, but it's hard to sit back and say you had a good season when you're seeing all those deer and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but you're not shooting. I think a lot of people could be like, "That sucked." It, it, there is a perspective to it that you know. I see both ways. What I'm, this season, what I was trying to do was to measure, to get a measurement of are the deer using the things that we built for them? Whether mm-hmm. it be the you know the food plot, I know they're using the food plots. Are they using these funnels that we made? Are they you know listening? Are they betting? Are yes. they betting? That's and, and all these other little things that we did with cutting trees halfway through them and tipping them over. Um, so I'm gauging this whole thing. I mean, success for me would not be having to shoot a deer, but I need to, in my eyes, it's kind of like what you guys, you know, with the guiding and stuff, I need to be able to justifiably say this, this is working. You know, if you, if you just, Hey, we've been getting them, you know, trolling weed lines and then you say, well, I'm just going to veer hard left go out deep how much how much activity do you need to see on the screen and rods going off and what have you to justifiably say this is going to work or this isn't so that's what i was trying to do this season was to try to prove whether or not this is is worth our effort and it started getting cold at the end of october and some I, I remember the conversation 
I'm, I'm skipping a lot of October. I passed some other deer up during in there. Nothing, nothing really spectacular was happening. I was going out. I was trying to hunt smarter. I hunt le- I hunted less days in October than I had previously, uh, previous years. And I'm, I'm leading up to this one story. So behind the house, historically, there's always been one or two really nice bucks that show up during that magical last week or so of October, and they're there all the way through the end of the season. And we had a really nice 10-point running through our yard all summer long. He disappeared late October, which I thought he was going to stick around because I had some photos of him in, like, 23rd, 24th. And normally by that time, they've already shifted to their fall ranges. And he disappeared. But having a conversation, it was Halloween – even even before that, um, I would bug my wife because she she's hunted significantly less than she used to since the kids have been born. But now that she can walk a minute from our door to get up into our tower, I've been pushing her, especially in late October, with texts like, you should go hunting tonight. You know, I'm like really trying to buy the brownie points like so she can say that to me. Instead, instead of me trying to be like, hey, can I go hunting? And you're going hunting again? You know, one of those things. So I, I, I was really pushing because I knew that those a good buck is not going to spend all day on our land. It's an acre. But you have to be there when they're there because if they're there, you can shoot them. Very rarely are you going to see them on our land and not get a shot. It's so small. That's the thing. It also helps that it's bordered next to the creek bottom with a whole bunch of red brush and bedding areas and stuff like that. And I got a big plate of food for them. So fast forward to Halloween. Halloween, it was kind of it was kind of like that spitty rainy day. It, it just it, it seemed right, but rain and archery don't really go good together. But I, I encouraged her. I said, "Listen, I want you to I, go, when you get home, you're going out back." Because last year there were three times that I told her throughout the season, you need to go hunting. And the last time that I told her that, you need to go hunting tonight, she didn't want to. She got home from work. It was 5 o'clock, whatever. It gets dark at 6.30. Um, I went outside or something, and I looked back in our food plot, and I ran in the house. I grabbed binos, and I said, hey, Carrie, you're not going to like what's back there. And there was a really nice, probably 110-inch eight-point just ripping apart this red brush bush and you know, she wasn't too keen on that, you know, seeing that after I really encouraged her. So I pushed her really hard. She went out as Halloween night and, uh, I remember me and the kids keep looking back and, uh, I texted her. I said, Hey, there's a doe behind you. I I planted some screening so you can kind of get into this tower easily. I see this doe outside the screening. I told her, Hey, heads up. There's a doe behind you. And, like a minute later, eh, more than a minute, a couple minutes later, she texted me and she goes, the, the text read something to the effect of, I'm a loser. I'm not even going to tell you what I did. And then she goes, I missed a giant buck. That was like the three texts within seconds of each other. And I'm like, okay. I said, don't worry about it. You know, just get, get the bow ready again. You know, it could come back. And, uh, so, I don't know, She a few minutes go by or whatever, and then she, 
you know, it starts to get dusk. She's already, you know, bummed out about it. And she climbs down. She goes to get her arrow. It had a Luminok on it. And she calls me. She goes, there's blood on the arrow. And I'm like, okay. She goes, I feel horrible. I wounded this deer. And it's running around. And I don't know what to do. There's no blood anywhere. I said, okay, let's let's take it from the top here. What happened? And she goes, right when you texted me, like, couple doe came out of this one bedding area and the one we saw must have been one of them and she goes right behind them was this was this big buck and it was walking and it hit the edge of the plot and she goes I think that that's probably right around you know 40 yards or whatever and it stepped out and she took the first shot at it and she says it just like kept walking like normal walked all the way across the plot and on to the neighbors the neighbors was my father-in-law's and I'm like, oh, okay. So she thought she missed it because it literally didn't flinch at all. And so I'm like, okay, hold on. I said, well, I have the kids. So she came up to the house. My mother-in-law came over. They're only, you know, there's two houses between our house and their house. She stopped over. We got her boots. I went and uh, went back there and she kind of went over so the, the the deer was to the north she's like looking to the south and i just go up go up to the arrow and i'm looking at it and i'm like judging stuff and i'm like man yeah there's blood here and you know i, I pull it out and i'm looking at it i'm like well let's go where, where did you last see and she saw it over in this corner so we walk over to that corner and she's she, you know you get confused i got confused on saturday it's it's easy to get you know vans <laughs> remember when you're bucking 15 you shot it and then like you lost track of it and you just like looked at me and I, I, I had a perfect clear mind because I wasn't the one pulling the trigger. You just get flooded with stuff. And she goes, there's not even blood over here. And I'm looking down. I'm like, there's blood all over down here. She's like, where? And I'm like, it's right here. Now the issue is it's that like foggy rain. That's, we don't have much times and it's, everything's wet and we're looking for a light blood trail. So we, it dances around a little bit. It went around this little section of pine trees, not, not a whole lot. And it hit this red brush and on the, on the other neighbors. And, uh, also a person I work with, he owns that land. And, you know, I go to the edge of that and I see some blood and I'm like, you know, there's there. I mean, it was pin drops of blood. And in those pin drops, I, I would occasionally see a bubble. And I'm like, as I follow this more, initially I'm like, okay, I just got to try to make her not feel bad for just grazing this deer. As uh, the further we walk, the more I'm like, this deer's dead. I know it. We get to the edge of this red brush and I, you know, we go in maybe 10 yards or something like that. I'm like, well, I know what I want to do and I know what I should do. What I want to do is keep going. What I should do is back out, but backing out would also then risk if we get a rain rain, any evidence is gone and then it's a body search versus actually tracking it. So I, I call up my buddy, Andy, he's probably a half hour away. And I told him the whole thing. And he's like, well, you know, I pretty much told him the whole story and probably more detail than what I told here. And he, and I'm like, Andy, it stinks like deer in here. That, that, that was, you know, a big thing is Todd, you know what I mean by smells like deer? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's, they have a smell. 
Especially the, the Bucks. Yes. I was pulling out of that state park the one day, pitch black, telling. Mm-hmm. I had my my windows down. I was like, it stinks like deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when I hit the brakes and looked out my window, and I had one looking at me right passenger seat. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, so Andy comes out, and... He's like, well, where'd you leave off? I'm like, well, this is where we left off. And he's like, well, and now we're diving through like, I don't even know what kind of grass it is. Todd, you know what that grass is that grows with that red brush? It gets yeah, shoulder I height. Know. I call it like a saw grass, a swamp grass kind of stuff. Yeah. It turns yellow when it dies, mm-hmm. which is very nice for blood, blood trailing a deer. And I'm yeah. looking at this stuff. I'm like, man, this... Where this blood is wiping off, blood blood you know adheres to the laws of gravity. It's not very often that it'll go uphill. And I'm like, this thing is hit high, higher than I was expecting. So, I mean, we don't go another thirty yards from we me and my wife left off, and there it is, just laying there dead as a doornail. And its head is like buried into like the grass and the red brush and stuff. And you know, we get to him like Andy, here it is. It was just on a straight beeline from where we left off, and he goes. Well, how big is it? And like, I just reach in and I, I grab like a big rope antler and I give it a yank and I'm like, oh, it's big. For us, it's big. <laughs> but the other side's all goofy on it, which is really, really cool. I'm not, it's like a really big mainframe four on the right. And then like this little, not little, but it's, it's like a turkey foot kind of deal on the left really cool character on it. And uh, so, but my wife is stuck at home with the kids and, you know, I kind of text her, you know, and I I tried to like, we don't have great cell service back there. I tried to send her a photo of like the smaller antler and like make it, I made it really bad on purpose and it just, it didn't send out quick enough. And I ended up just calling her. I'm like, Hey, we got your deer. And then she's just started screaming. And like, you could tell she was jumping up and down. She was just super happy about it. And so then, you know, we get back home, I get the tractor, we get the flashlight, the kids are coming, they put on little boots and it was really cute. My, my little boy, I knew where the deer was. Andy knew where the deer was. We get them all back there. We're like, okay, Owen, let's track this deer. And, you know, he's walking along and, you know, this stuff is like jungle to him. He's, I don't know, he's 40 inches tall and He's going, you know, whatever, and he's all excited, and my daughter's excited. And we walk up, and I'm seeing, and I'm like, no, Owen, tell me if you see something. He walks up to it, points to it. He goes, found it. Just like, <laughs> like it was just <laughs> like he literally tracked it and whatever. And we got some really cool photos, you know, the family there. So we got to expose the kids to that. You know, mama's first year, and oh, geez, that would have been nine years. No, she shot it. She shot a doe or two in between there, but. You know, that's her second buck, and, you know, both were mountable. So that was uh, that was the extent of archery. I, I had some very close encounters out at Dad's um, in some of the funnels and stuff that we made. But other than that, I mean, nothing that I not, – nothing that I could say that I actually loosed an arrow. But uh, some of those ones, Todd, I'm sure you've had them, that, mm-hmm. that you uh, – you see a deer, and you're like, if he goes left, he's dead. If he goes right, he's free. Yeah. I've had that a lot this year, but stuff was working. 
And then, of course, these Cuddy links that I got, they're sending me text messages several times a day. The, the day after archery ended, like the biggest buck that we had on camera that showed up was walking right through the funnel, right where I was at the day before, and broadside 20 yards. And the reason he was there that day was because I wasn't. <laughs> Just the way things yeah. go. <laughs> and... uh it's, it's bittersweet because I pulled all my all but one of my cameras on the last day of rifle, which was yesterday. And now I'm, I'm digging through all, whatever, two, three months of photos. And I'm seeing just how often this buck was there. Because when you're getting the photos every day, it's hard to really keep track of like, it's not hard to keep track, but it's easy to dismiss Oh, well, that was last week. I'm getting new stuff all the time. Now that I'm looking back on it I'm and I'm categorizing these photos and moving them into files and stuff on the computer, I guess I never really realized how many cameras he hit, how often it was, and just no one saw him. And that was, that was like three or four bucks too. I mean, the big one, but there were other bucks that were just all over the place. I'm like, how did we not see him? But, uh, anyways, mixed in there with there, Vance and I went to Kentucky. It would have been, mm -hmm. we went down there and I mean, there wasn't a whole ton of story to talk about there other than Vance and I, you know, we kind of got our tree stands the first day. You want to tell any part of the story, Vance? Um, I mean... Like the funny parts of that? <laughs> if you want to. I mean, I just talked for like an hour straight. I can tell you my story. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was, I hunted down there for two days. Uh, and, you know, the day, the first day I walked in, I, uh, <clears throat> usually, usually, uh, this company taxed their trails and it pretty, pretty simple to get to with, with a light. But I mean, they, essentially you're just dropped off and the stands out there go. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a tax trail, follow the tax with your light. And you'll, you'll get to the tree stand. Well, I, um, there were no tax and I had, uh, got to this pile of corn and I'm like, damn it. Like it has to be around here somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I just can't find it. And then I hear like, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh my God. I was just like, uh. so I called, I called the guide and I was just like, Hey, where, you know, where the F is this place? And he's like, I was like, is there a, is there like, you know, something illuminated on it that I could, you know, see? And he's like, no, just walk back and look left. You'll find it. And, and I, and I eventually did. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. And I proceeded to hunt. Um, and you know, a lot of, a lot of action happened, uh, at the end of the day, uh, a lot of rutten stuff. Uh, so the, yeah, I was going to say, this isn't your first time seeing rutting activity, because the year before you saw some. Yeah, just like them running around with their, you know, making crazy noises. Uh, 
and you know you see them with their tongues out and um i had this like decent sized five point come in um at, at the end of the day and it was dog and does like left and right and uh just a lot of action at the end of the day uh, and then a smaller eight point came out um and these are deer that they just don't want you to shoot down there um and i don't think i would have shot that one in pennsylvania either it was it was uh it was pretty pretty small but um you know a lot of action a lot of activity i love sitting there and hearing something and uh and then playing like the eye search game, mm-hmm. you know, like, where is that? That's a nice adrenaline rush. I think for any hunter, uh, when you hear, hear, when you hear something that is what you believe to not be a squirrel. Um, <laughs> but you know, you can kind of tell what a deer sounds like after putting so many hours in the stand. And when you hear that, there's always a chance that you can pull that trigger or draw on the bow. Um, and, uh, and so a lot of that was happening um, on those on those couple days, um, but I just didn't pull the trigger. I didn't see uh, a uh, a shooter down there. So um, that was my uh, ex- extent of the trip. So right. So I was on the other side of this farm, and Vance and I had about a mile between us. And uh, I got up and, you know, we were hunting the same river bottom, which that river, I'm not going to mention it, flows into Cave Run. So. It does, yes. So it's kind of neat. And there was a ton of garbage in there. There was a, <laughs> there was a lot. I remember getting up in that tree. And I remember, like, when I finally could see, I looked, there was a whole tree going down the river. Like, and it, like whole it, trees and trash cans. It hauls like tons a of lot trash of cans? garbage. Like, just like, oh my God, they're going to love that yeah, crappy the, structure. The, yeah, crappy structure. The guide told us that, you know, down in that river bottom, the week prior, they had archer, archery hunters in there. And he said that uh, they lost a camera underwater. That it flooded so bad. Like the guys couldn't uh-huh. get to their tree stands. And I was thinking if I had shot a deer and it took off, and it hit that that uh, that river. You might not oh, yeah. find it. No, no, yeah. you'd catch it trolling in the spring. Do you imagine that if you like hit a hit a Boone and Crockett, and the thing was just <laughs> you find dead it on the its PMPT. feet, running, <laughs> running down, hits the water, and you never see it again. It's like, oh I my god! Lot, I pulled lots of them out of the Slippery Rock Creek over the years where I had, yeah. Like dead deadheads are intact. Mm-hmm. Or, or were they were they like ones where Todd like were they deadheads or? No, they were ones like guys shot and you know they. Even if you double lung them, they still run. You know, and they uh-huh. did their hundred yards. That hundred yards got them to the middle of the creek. I mean, I remember my grandpa and I standing there watching one, trying to get to the other side, and we're like, "Go, get, keep going," you know. Yeah, Maybe. carrying it on. Uh, we wanted him to get him to the other side, so we have a canoe. We could go get him, or I could go cross the bridge. Or, but you know, when they die in the middle, they just float down. We used to have a dam that they took out, and I, I probably got none of them were my deer. 
but I recovered probably, I can think of three different bucks that like died in the middle of the creek. And, but when they went over the dam, they were tumbling, you know, how stuff tumbles around in a mm-hmm. in the backwater, you know, there's like logs and all of a sudden, you know, you start looking and you track to the creek and you look and it's like, oh, there it is. And you see its belly and you see its rear, then you see its head. And it's stuck in like a hydraulic or something. Yes, yes. We had this big, I, I would take a big rope and a big old trap and grappling hook and whip it out and hook the deer. I've done it at least three times with bucks. Yeah. But the dam's gone now, so it'd be a little harder to retrieve on that high water. It would be, it'd be gone. Mm-hmm. Unless they get hung up in the corner, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, so my opening day was, you know, I, I walked to my stand. I found it pretty easily and I get nestled into it and I'm sitting there and shooting light comes. And, you know, in my previous years in Kentucky, I don't hear a lot of shooting. Well, this year was different. I, I heard, I'm like, man, this is like Pennsylvania over here now. It really did sound like PA. That there was, you know, we were not in the same spot that we were in the previous two years. And, you know, I just, I'm kind of like, I really, like Van says, I enjoy hearing the deer. There's that twilight period that, like, if once you're, like, are comfortable in a stand and you're like, okay, I'm in it for the long haul, I enjoy closing my eyes and just trying to hear you're in that you, you really can't see that far but you can mm-hmm. see but if, if if they can make noise you 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 I find with my eyes closed and I'm not sleeping when I when I say that I'm really trying to draw that I'm not taking a nap was I try to paint the picture what's going on based off the sound and then of course when the sun gets up high enough I'm using my eyes just as much but I'm trying to clear my head and stuff and, you know, other than just gunshots, I'm not hearing anything. So probably the first half hour or so goes by. I look up and down this like little field stretch thing. I see a deer right in the middle of it. I'm like, oh, look at that. And based off of what I learned last year in Kentucky, every deer gets the glass, whether it's my scope or binos, because... I messed up last year, but it ended up working out. So I'm like, oh, look at that. That's like a little spike or something like that. Oh, that's cool. And I, you know, put my binos down or whatever. And then closer to me out steps another deer. And I'm like, oh, this is probably the deer that, you know, is getting followed by this spike, you know, some running activity. And it's, it was by like this fallen tree and it steps out and I pick up the binos and I hit it. I'm like, that's a pretty decent buck. And, you know, then my heart starts pounding and stuff like that, and I'm getting a side profile of it. And it's it's not a heavy rack. It's not a really wide rack. It's not extremely tall. But it's it's decent in all of them. I'd probably say, like, its tine length is, is better than average on most deer, and its width was average, and I would probably put its... It's mass at, you know, average-ish. And it just was a really good combination of, of that stuff. And I had the scope on it, and I had the safety off, and I'm like, nah, I'm not. I'm going to pass this one. And it kind of walks away, and then it pops up over here. 
like a little bit further to my left. And it's looking around, you know, it doesn't know I'm there. I'm just, I'm sitting there quiet. And it gives me another look at it. I'm like, man, that deer's a little better than I thought. So I put the gun back up on it. I'm like, nope, I made up my mind. I'm not shooting it. So I'm sitting there and it kind of walks away. And then it, a few minutes later, pops up a little bit further away, but along that same direction, it gives me another show. And I'm like, God, I'm like, well, I'm 40 minutes into this hunt. Would I be happy with that deer on the last minute of the last day? And I'm like, yeah, I would be. But that's like 40 some hours of hunting later that I would be faced with that question. And I'm, I'm him hawing on it. I'm like, no, no, don't, don't shoot it. So I put the gun down and just like perfect clockwork. It's working its way right down this edge. And I'm like, man, I could end this right now. I could go back home and hunt Monday. Monday ended archery, which is about every seven years or something like that. Every handful of years, PA Monday will end on an art, uh, Monday ends archery season. And this is the last Saturday of archery in Pennsylvania that we're Vance and I are down in Kentucky. And I stand up and I swing the gun over and I click the safety off. And I said, if that deer walks in my crosshairs, I'm going to shoot it because during, during this, another spike showed up behind it. And I don't know if this is a thing. So Todd, tell me if you've, you've seen this. I have seen bigger bucks being followed loosely by smaller bucks during that time of year that, you know, around the 10th through the 14th, you know, during rutting, main rutting activity, I will see smaller bucks following bigger bucks during that time. And I've experienced it two or three times already. Have you seen that? Yeah, I mean, I can think of times when I saw that, like all of a sudden there's, you know, you're used to seeing all these deer and you're seeing a couple does and you're hoping that there's a buck falling when all of a sudden there's a time where it's like, well, there's one and they're, oh, geez, all four of those are bucks. And they're like, but they're going somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, whether there's, there's probably a scent out there of a doe that's ready to roll and uh, they're just sort of <laughs> mm-hmm. lined up. <laughs> Head in that direction. <laughs> yeah. The, Trying to figure out where he's at or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, the first time I saw it, was, there was a button buck next to the biggest buck I've ever seen in Pennsylvania or anywhere while hunting. My number one biggest buck I've ever seen. It had this yep. button buck, like, jumping around it like the Looney Tunes. Like, whatever, <laughs> Spike the dog and that little dog just running around it. Like, just being a mosquito around this thing. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I ended up not shooting that buck, obviously, but I, I witnessed that. Then I I was looking through the trail cameras today is another good example. You know, the buck I called DSBs there, and then all of a sudden, like a little spike in our four points right behind it, mimicking what it did. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've seen that other times hunting, but those are just two examples. And so this is, I see these spikes, and I'm like, you know what? And I'm almost trying to convince myself, but I'm also trying to talk myself out. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Your mind plays on you when you're hunting in, in an area that you could have an absolute giant step out at any minute. But I just had the feeling I'm like, this might be the best buck I see. 
So crosshairs, you know, I'm like, if he steps right here, I'm going to go ahead and shoot him. And he literally walked right there and boom, shot. And it might have been 80, 100-yard shot. And it takes off on a little gallop and I lose sight of it. And I'm like, well, that's my Kentucky right there. And I get up and like, well, I might as well throw my stuff down. So I start throwing like my seat cushion down and all this. And I climb down and I walk over to where I thought I shot him. And I'm like, I don't see blood. I don't see hair. This sounds like last week's description of what happened with last week's deer. I can't find nothing. I'm like, oh, crap. I missed him. I'm a loser. And I'm just like, you know, at this time, I'm like, this is exactly like what my wife went through. I missed him. I, what the heck? What's wrong with me? Did, did my gun get beat up and, you know, driving six hours? And I'm like, well, I got no cell service down here. So I got to climb up, you know, on top, you know, where the, up, up high, cause we're down all the way down in the valley. And I'm walking. I'm like, I can't believe that was easy. I thought, I thought, I swear I hit him. And I'm walking, and then I, I stop, and I'm like, Andy, you're just going to blow up the day. Just go back into your stand and and call it just you missed it. And I turn around and look at the stand, and I'm like, no, I got to call the guide. I got to let everyone know. I, I had, I had convin- convinced myself that I completely biffed this shot. And as, as I'm walking the trail back to start climbing out of this big valley, there behind some tall grass is my buck laying there dead. Third time, well, that was at this at that time. That was the third time. Third time. Why do I keep saying third? The second time that season, that like my wife, she thought she missed. She killed it. This I double lunged that buck. There it was. I I convinced myself I missed, and there it was. And then uh, last week, you know, fast forward. Didn't know the shot. Went there. Thought I missed. You guys listened to it last week. So all three deer, they were all great first shots. And, you know, that's what kind of, that how it messes with you. It is twisted when you're, you know, pulling the trigger, taking a life. But there I was, 40 minutes in. I drove over 12 hours round trip to go hunting there, and I got it done in 40 minutes. And I had the joke going that I can get it done in Kentucky with a rifle, but I had the 07 curse going in PA. And, you know, I just, Kentucky's easy. There's five deer per square mile or whatever where we're at. And, you know, (coughs) I'm averaging like eight hours a deer or something like that when I go there. And I'm putting hundreds in Pennsylvania. But that was my Kentucky. And that's going to... Got it done. That's great. I got it done. Yeah, I liked it. It was it was a nice Mm -hmm. it's gonna look it's gonna fit in on the wall and I'm I'm happy for that. So um all right, so now we're gonna go to Pennsylvania rifle season. Todd, where are you hunting? I'm down where I've been hunting my whole life pretty much. Down at my grandpa's old property down by the slipper up creek. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. How was your got first tree, day? Got a tree stand up. It was the most miserable day of hunting. I mean, I got my people and my family. They're very into it. And, you know, uh, there was not a lot of time got put in by people. It was just a monsoon downpour. I did sit all day 
had a, uh, you know, I started the morning with not, I have a little umbrella, like it has a pie shape missing out of it. And then, man, they are really nice. They can help you get through the day uh, when you're in a stand or even standing on the ground, you know. Mm-hmm. And But th- it, it was raining when I got up. It was raining when I got there. It was raining when I walked in. And, you know, the umbrella, I'm in there. I'm getting ready. I'm like, I should put this umbrella up. But, you know, sometimes this is over very quickly here. Uh, I'm not going to put the umbrella up right now, you know. By over very quickly, you shoot a deer fairly quick like yes like you know crack you know they like cracks look up here he comes you know and i'm done i'm like i'm not gonna get it out and it gets to about like 9 30 10 o'clock i haven't seen a deer i look at the pull the radar in my phone and i'm like yeah it's time to put up the umbrella so i you know I, I, anytime i'm doing anything because it's so quiet, you can't hear anyhow. So, you know, you're sitting there on major alert. And, uh, you know, I obviously have to set my gun down and get in my pack and screw this umbrella and open up and put it in the tree. So, you know, the fur, I didn't want to get caught, you know. Mm-hmm. That's happened through the years. You set your gun down, grab a sandwich, and like, oh, there's one standing right there staring at me. And if he's staring at you, sometimes you don't get the opportunity to eat the sandwich eat the sandwich and get the shot you know so it's like when i made the decision okay i did a big scan we had these big fogs rolling in off the creek and you know i could see them it would get foggy where my visibility was literally you know 50 50 yards in front of me so it's it was taking out all this long longer stuff through the woods and i saw the fog rolling i said when that fog because it was coming up out it would last a few minutes and then it would roll on up the hill and then another fog bank would roll in so about 10 i'm like i'm getting the uh that's my chance i'm going to scan real good i make sure i see nothing in the distance anywhere and uh fog hits hurry up screw the umbrella in everything works out good and that's the only reason it made me last the whole day i sat the whole entire day i saw one deer a buck at about three thirty. The only deer I saw, and I sat till dark because I was in that tree from about six thirty till about a little after five, and uh, saw one deer. Long day, long day to sit. <laughs> it, but, yeah, long it, day to sit. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even complain because we were in side huts, shooting houses. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to, you could turn on a heater and close the windows and. Mm-hmm. But it it was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. Vance Vance had like Hall of Fame numbers that day. I was struggling, but those mm-hmm. days wear you out. People don't realize how hard when you can't hear them, and when it's raining and everything's wet and the deer are wet, you can lose sight of them so easily just by taking your eyes off them. They just blend in. They're perfect yeah. camo. And just that mental strain of, you know, trying to pick up a horizontal line, a flick of a tail, a twitch of an ear, you're wore out. Mix it, sitting there in the elements, it it will wipe you out. You'll go home and you're like, okay, it's 6.30, 7 o'clock, I'm going to bed. I'm beat, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you like to think you sit there because that's that's it. You see a leg move. You see something like that happen. That's what... The problem was in the afternoon where I was, it started getting windy and that was, that's, that makes it harder than too, you know, 
because when it's calm and stuff, you, you know, the the guys that hunt know. But I mean, sometimes it's just a movement of one leg, and it might be as in as far as you can see, 150 yards to the woods. But I'm like, there's a deer right there. I just saw it. But <laughs> yeah, and if if you're moving, can move that way. You know, <laughs> if if you're moving in the tree and every all the other trees are moving, it's it's yeah. just yeah, yeah. And the only reason, I mean, the, the deer that I saw, I was scanning, 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 scanning all day. And I caught a glimpse. I saw, whoop, went behind a tree, you know, perpendicular to the ground. And I was like, that was, a, I just saw a rack. That's what I saw. I knew, I, you know, I knew instantly. Grabbed the gun, put the gun up. It stepped up from behind a tree. Yep, rack. But it was, uh, it kind of sounded like a Kara's buck. It had like a, you're your your wife's buck there yeah. had a big Y crazy thing on the one side and then the other side had a couple points well points standing and the other one was either broken off or missing so it wasn't a legal buck to shoot but believe me being the first year I saw at 330 that was a shooter in my eyes if it had that point oh yeah <laughs> but it, it didn't it didn't so I just I let it walk the only thing I saw a bad rough day long day and you know this is something that like I am getting better at. I know, you know, there's things that like in the out of doors that, you know, you shouldn't, you just know are not true. And one of the jokes that I, I, I like to, I'd say it jokingly is that like by eight o'clock, I think all the deer are dead on the opening day of rifle. And that's far from the truth, but I just jokingly always say that because that's what it feels like at times. And, uh, <clears throat> After you just, like, after Todd took a beating the first day, it takes a lot of willpower to go out for day two. Yeah. It's just, I mean, you're just like, this this stuff sucked. You're in a bad frame of mind. But you know that every day you go out, it's it's different. Yeah. Things change immensely. You guys did see deer and stuff, no shooter bucks, but things changed immensely we that cold rain fog wind turned to a nice few inches of snow that night mm-hmm. now now the game has changed <laughs> right you know in favor of us mm-hmm. very quickly with a nice fresh blanket of snow yeah so, day two, you hit the ground yes. running. What's the game plan? Ground running. I went. To, I did. I didn't go to my stand. I went somewhere else. I went to another place I've hunted for years. I mean, going back to when I was in high school. Went there. Got on stand. Saw a small four point. Not a lot moving around. You know, there wasn't a lot. Didn't seem to be a lot of people out. Got hooked up with some of my buddies, and they were getting ready to do some. Uh, some some pushes through some of the farmland that they own and farm on and uh uh you know so you go from a day there where i sat and my brother was out there he didn't see a deer my dad hunted that day nothing there just wasn't people around the deer just weren't moving that much for us anywhere we were and we were in different places too and went from that to where we do our we do our first first little deer drive at ten thirty, and we get there's only four guys shooting and three guys shoot bucks. I happened to be one of them. I was on stand and, uh, it's quick when you're doing a deer drive, you know, they're, uh, 
it's it's my favorite way. Some guys are very anti ah, chasing them around. I look forward to that so much. It's my absolute favorite way to hunt deer with some friends and uh, you kind of know the running routes. Hey, go sit here. We're going to go through these briars or this woods or whatever. And it's quick. I saw the deer coming down off of this hill, probably 80, 90 yards away. I saw it had, I saw what the spread it was. It turned. Now there's snow hanging all over the trees, mm-hmm. you know, so there's not much time here. It, and, it, and it's on the move. I saw what it was. I saw the, the, the width, pulled up the gun, disappeared for a couple seconds. I see it again. I see points standing. I click the safety. I shoot. It takes a leap and it's back into the snow winter wonderland. And it was like, huh, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it. I saw the deer for two seconds and it, it's just, that's how quick it can happen, you know? <laughs> right. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's what happened to me. And at the same time, we had two other guys get them, so you know it goes from that to. And I can't remember how many bucks I saw that day. I had a, had a, I ended up. I'll just go through the rest of my season. I do. I still hunt. My dad comes home from Florida, and uh, we did a little push. My uncle got a great, crazy buck, thirteen point buck that we chased. I, you know, you I, pushed I was that to push. him, didn't you? Yes, yes, I was pushing, and and. Uh, of course, when you're doing those pushes, I did. It happened again this year. The first day, I, uh, after, as soon as I got my deer, I participated in those deer drives. I saw some other deer. I didn't see any real big ones. I saw some others. But uh, uh, it, this would have been like Thursday when I went to my uncle's. I caught a glimpse of the buck that he shot, and I knew it was a big one. I had no idea what it was till I found it laying there after he shot it. But uh, earlier in that morning, I was getting ready to do a drive, and this is all because of the snow. There was a cut down area and i looked over and you know 250 yards away so when you look over and you're like oh my gosh look at the rack on that one you know and mm-hmm. there's two sneaking through the thing now i dropped off i didn't have a gun and i didn't take my binoculars because i was going to go through some mean grapevines and and uh, uh multi-floor rows so i was like yeah i'm not taking these i'm taking as little as i can to beat my way through here to chase some deer and you know that that was a deer i probably could have had it was pretty far but they didn't really know i was there i could have probably made it got closed the distance a little to make sure there was none of that brush in the way but that two night two two big bucks i saw that day chase some others around small ones you know and uh but we we, we had a great season it, t- it turned from the probably as bad of the first day that i could ever remember hunting in <laughs> that rain my gosh it turned from that to we thought don't often have that around here you know we had a nice blanket of snow on and off throughout the season it made it real nice you could see where they had been running and had a good good memorable season yep a lot of fun a lot of fun there so vance you want to talk about your rifle season uh yeah well you know uh, it was opening day uh went to andy's um and got in the stand, and I started seeing um, a lot of deer mo- movement. The stand that I was in is kind of like a travel route um, in in the woods there. So I, the first day I saw like thirty some deer, um, a lot of a lot of doe, a lot of button bucks. Um, all that good stuff. I don't think I saw a buck on the first day. 
I might have, I saw some spi- I saw some spikes and uh things like that. I saw some spikes, yeah. And then um Me and you hunted was, on Tuesday. And then we hunted on Tuesday and it was really cold. Um in the twenties, coming down snow like like crazy. Um but we were pretty comfortable in the uh in the elevated blind. And uh I was hunting more of a field um and i wasn't seeing much um you know but you're still just buck hunting at that point so um andy and i got to sit in a um i made a midday shift yeah from from where i like to hunt and i sat with vance and you would consider us to be professional hunters on our on how we conducted our hunting yeah the it, the the conditions were so bad. We were running amok in there, and it, it was so windy. <laughs> it was so windy. I, I had left all like kind of the windows in, and they were just banging like boom, 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 boom the whole time. So we were, I mean, we were like talking like this at points. We were talking like that. We were passing around really smelly, like yeah. uh, s- smoky beef sticks. You know, made out yeah, of venison. But there, were, there was deer everywhere. I mean, I mean, there, I mean, there was deer coming around they're like that oh, kind of yeah. makes you feel like all this stuff doesn't really matter because us talking right now because there's a deer right there so we're, we're pretty good i think we can continue yeah we were uh, we were just having our shenanigans and like one of us at, at certain points we'd be like hey there's some deer out there and be like oh yeah i guess there is and then you know we go back into just like yep not what we're after so move along yeah and uh but the the thing that I had most of my windows out and I, I was, you know, I was feeling the cold and then, uh, I walk over to where Vance was at. We could see each other. The, these huts were, were close enough in line and I walk up and I climb up the, you know, the set of steps to get into this thing and Vance opens the door and it seriously felt like a sauna in there. That was so nice. He, he, he did. He wasted no time. It Mm -hmm. was, it was the, the, the propane heater was lit and, you know, I swear he would have just been sitting there in like a bathing suit and flip flops. It was so warm compared to the outside like, air. Welcome. Welcome. Come on in. Yeah. Welcome to my humble abode in here. It's yeah. very nice. Pour yourself a drink. <laughs> yeah. It was a uh, luxury hunting. It sure makes it easier. At the end of the day there. Oh, you like, you like left. And then they're like, you're like, there's two spikes, yeah. like 40 minutes, 40 minutes had passed. And you were like, okay, so I'll talk about this. So I left. I'm like, okay, Vance, I'm going to go down on a food source. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to walk back to here. I'm going to then go around here. So pay attention to this. I'm going to be, I'm going to wrap up the last three hours in this stand. I get down the ladder and I don't get 40 or 50 yards from that stand. And I just catch movement out in front of me. Long story short, it was two spikes, and I'm sitting there, and I could have shot them both of them with my bow. One spike was considerably larger body and rack than the other spike, and I kind of like get my phone out real slow, and I'm like texting Vance, like trying not to make it seem like you know I'm at a hostage to do where I'm just like coding letters to him, but I wanted him to look my way, and you know I'm like two spikes, and, and you're like where are you? And I'm like they're in front of me, and He's like, you made it to the stand that quick? I'm like, I'm 20 yards to your right. 
<laughs> I was just standing there, and then he. I was just like, Jesus, just get to your stand. Yeah. Bust, <laughs> bust them up. Yeah, so I ended up getting out of there without really spooking them too bad. Then uh-uh. we we kind of ended the day. I saw a couple doe or something like that. It wasn't super productive. Then you went to work. Then you you hunted. What did you? I went to work for a couple days, and then I our think I did. I our Saturday hunt was the next time you hunted. Yeah, so I went to work, and then the next time I hunted was the first Saturday. Then. You hunted, you hunted hard that second week. I did, yeah. So the first Saturday came around, and uh, you know I'm sitting there with some doe tags and a buck tag, and I have obligations in Pittsburgh that I have to be to. Um, and Todd was there, and I wanted to really get some doe in his in his truck, uh, just because it's convenience factor. Much more for me and Andy, but not not so much for Todd. But who cares about that? And what what Vance is talking about is is Todd processes his own deer, so, mm-hmm. okay, and does it, it? It's the the best by far. But um, so it just it was convenient. You know, you want to put some deer on the ground on the on the ground. That's why we're all coming up there. Andy wants deer shot off the property todd's coming up his father's coming up i'm up there we're we talked about this tradition it's a tradition day very convenient to shoot the deer and give them to todd and he takes them back and we work on them you know Mm -hmm. that rather than having to do what eventually did but so uh i was confident that that i was going to start seeing some dough because the entire week i had seen you know, mamas and babies, mamas and babies, mamas and babies. And uh, that just wasn't the case. Every single deer I saw that day was a buck or a button buck. And, but not a, not a shooter. Um, but there was one that caught me off guard. It was a very big five or six point. Uh, you, you'd like to call, call it. Uh, you know, the thing had big for us, very tall. Um uh, tines and wide. Uh, it, so, it's, it's a solid buck, and I got it on camera when it was a six point, and then it kind of broke off its brow tines. That's why it's like this weird. Is it a four, a five, or a six? It's the same yeah. buck, but it's it. It's, it's big. It's a freak. Yeah, it's it's really big, and at first light, you're just like unbelievable. You know, I had to say I had to, I pulled it up. I put the safety off, and then I put it back on. I was after I saw. It, I was like, oh my god. That happened two days in a row. But so the first Saturday, I didn't get it done. Yep. I had to get out of the stand early. And um, after you got out of the stand, it was like everyone started shooting. Yeah. And I was like, I, have, I was like, everybody's going to kill today except for me as I'm like hitting the steering wheel, having to drive to Pittsburgh to go to this event. But um, so that was. Uh, that was my uh, Saturday. And then. I I wanted to hunt, so I made some switches at work and stuff and pretty much hunted the rest of the week. Uh, <clears throat> I hunted Monday for a half day. It would have been a full day, but getting everything ready, uh, I have the this thing called like an ozone generator 
um, and I put with my hunting clothes. And, I remember uh, this now. Yeah, and and um, I put it with my hunting clothes, and it's just kind of like a safety blanket for like stink. Uh, it, it really just kind of purifies the air in the clothes, and it's supposed to just essentially be like a neutral. It it, it breaks you know, apart it odor yeah. molecules. Yeah. So anyway, mine crapped out on me. Of course, it's like three weeks old, broke. Andy's had one for a couple of years, doesn't break. Mine breaks immediately. So I was just trying to see if it was like the switch or if it was the outlet or if it was one of the plugins and there's a cigarette outlet plug-in thing. Here we go again with the cigarette outlet thing. Ah, you can so, boat. so <laughs> I, I just went to check. I went to check to see uh, if, if it was the cord providing the power to see if that was faulty. Like from, so I from, plugged it. Yeah. From the wall I, to the I unit. Plugged it in, yeah. <laughs> I plugged it into my truck. Turned turned the key to like accessory mode, you know, so the radio and all that stuff comes on, and it didn't work. And I'm rushing around doing a million things and like talking to Andy on the phone. I'm like, okay, whatever, this thing's crap. And uh, Andy was like, I'll take care of it. And he did, but so I wake up at like four thirty, rip roaring, ready to go. Turn the key, nothing happens. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! What the hell's going on? I turn the key again. Nothing happens. I'm like, oh, the the entire the the entire battery's drained in the in the truck. And I'm like, I can't I can't jump anything. You're home alone. It's, I'm home alone. Your, so your cables I'm, are where? With with my wife. And she's not home. No. So, and. Uh, so I just took like my boat battery charger and I hooked it up to the truck battery and uh, plugged it in for like four hours, like a 15 amp charge and like got it, got it up to like, tw- like 30% and, and it turned over eventually. And I got to hunt for like a half a day, uh, which was, but I mean, you wake up, you're ready to go. It's a huge bummer when that happens. It sucks especially waking up at like four. And uh, so that all happened. And that same day, I, all I saw was freaking button bucks and, and bucks. And I saw that big sick four, six point thing again. I sent like a video of it. I saw him like three times or something this, that last week. It was crazy. But, uh, you know, so I'm seeing all these bucks, and I'm like, "You got to be kidding me! That's crazy." Whatever, I'll try again tomorrow. But you can't find a doe. I can't find a doe, and there's so much assessing that's happening because I do not want to shoot another button buck. But these days, I am really paying attention because there's, you know, just like a running gag with me of shooting button bucks, and uh, so Tuesday comes along, I hunt the whole day, sun up to sundown. I see some spikes. I don't see any doe again. I did see three deer running off like feet, unshootable. Could not could not get that done at all. Um, and everything else that came in, it was just like button bucks. They're they're toying with me. They're betting in front of me. I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. So then, then I went to work. 
Then I went to work. Yeah, and I want to talk about Wednesday. I had another friend come and hunt Monday and Wednesday. He was after a doe, and he comes in on Wednesday, sits in the same stand that Vance has been sitting in, and just plows one over in like the first yeah. hour of sitting there. Yeah, after he like passed up the stand. Uh, he, like, he Yeah, he completely biffed where the location shit was all there. over the place and uh, you know he walks into the stand and shoots one dead immediately and mm-hmm. i'm in there and these are long ass days in the tree it, you know sitting there uh there's not a lot going on outside of sun up to sun you know sun up sundown sun up sundown Dusk and dawn. crap yep. every day and uh thursday comes along i gotta i gotta work wednesday Thursday comes along. Uh, I'm ready to. I'm ready to go again, and I think I saw. I saw like three deer. They were. They were all bucks. And night the night was coming around, and I was like, you know what, the hell with this stand. I'm going, and I'm sitting on a field edge. I was like, I, I, I feel like these deer are going to come out on this field edge rather than, rather than walk through these travel routes that I'm in right now. And I pack everything up. I start walking to this field edge, and boom, there's this big deer right in there. And I'm like, that's, a, that's right there. I put it in the crosshairs. I couldn't tell, and I was afraid to pull the trigger because I couldn't really tell if it was a doe or if it was a button buck. I mean, it looked a little bit bigger, but it was alone. So I was a bit reluctant uh, to pull the trigger. And I'm just, and I just sat there looking at it, you know, and um, I let it go. And I sat there some more. I hid be in this hemlock and um, another uh, big deer comes out and it's a buck and it's a spike. And, that's the end of the day there. I walk in and I run into Andy's dad. Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, I saw this and at the field, he's like, man, just, just shoot. He's like, just shoot one. And I'm like, well, I really don't want to shoot this button buck. And he's like, okay, you know, essentially you got a couple days left. Shoot. You need, you need me, which gave me like, uh, you know, a little bit of like weight lifted off my shoulder, but I kind of still just wanted to get this done. I wanted to shoot a doe. I don't know why, because I haven't done it yet. And, uh, so the next day I'm just like, you know, these sits are getting annoying and I'm, I'm getting up there in hours just sitting and I would much rather be doing something productive um, not that hunting's not fun and stuff, but like, you know, I'd much rather, you know, get a bunch of stuff done around the house. That's like starts beating into your brain when you're working every single day for that guide season. And with the hospital shifts, the to-do list starts to pile up at home and I want to get these things done and plan things. And I'm just like, I really like kind of almost feel guilty sitting out here. And you have a long time to think about that. 
you have a long it long time for it to like beat and weigh down on you. So Friday comes around, same old bullshit. I'm seeing button bucks and stuff, and it's annoying. And uh, I left work early. Oh wait, 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 wait. Friday. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. I hit oh. black ice. <laughs> okay, and ditch driving the shit in. out of. Yeah, ditch the shit out of my truck because there's it's it's easy for me to get to these places when I'm following Andy and you can like judge where he's driving and stuff like that. But my map quest, if you will, takes me kind of like a different way to get to some of these roads. And they all start to look kind of familiar, but like at any given point in the morning, it could be like whiteout situation and, you know, snow all over the roads or wet roads and pretty much just bad, bad conditions driving, period. It's not, 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 not good at all. So I had, I was driving in the middle of the road. I'm trying to follow my map quest and I come to this T and this T comes up very quick because you crest this hill and you come down on it and it's like an immediate T and it doesn't, it's not good when there's ice on the road there. So I have to make a left very quickly and I'm doing about 30 and I hit, I hit the brakes. They lock up immediately. Boom. I cut the wheel hard to the left. It's like freaking fast and the furious Tokyo drift. And I'm just going, I'm stopping a little and I'm realizing I'm like, I'm going to go in. I just don't know how hard I'm going to hit. And I don't know how much damage this is going to cause. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out or if I'm going to be upside down. If you know, it just a lot of stuff's going through your mind that quick, kind of like a life flash before your eyes thing. And I slow down just so, just like ever so slightly to teeter totter on the edge of this embankment, uh, which is like a creek bottom. And not, no lie, you got like a crick and like a 90 degree drop there. And it's like five, six feet. And my truck falls all the way in it. And the way that I described the, how I got out of the truck is like opening up a tank door, like getting out of the top of a tank. You got to flip the so, hatch. Yeah, flip the hatch and like get out. And I had flip-flops on and there's snow all over the place. And I immediately texted Andy. I'm like, hey, can your dad tow me out of this thing? Because his dad's got this big like 13, you know, 3,500 thing. Um, it's an F3, but yeah. yeah, whatever. And, uh, Andy responds immediately. He's like, where are you at? I screenshot the map. Boom. He knows exactly where I'm at. He's like, dad will be there in 15 minutes. Dad comes and, you know, people drove by. They're like, Hey, you all right. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And then like other people were like coming by and I just like started to make a joke out of it. I'm like, yeah, I just figured, you know, I'd try hunting here. Start, you know, start the day here. Looked like a good spot, you know. I just figured I'd park like, to where I can't go anywhere. Yeah, just wanted to get off the road. You know, didn't didn't want to block traffic. Yeah, and I want uh, the the flip flops yeah. were because you left your, your your boots and some of your hunting apparel 
at dad's where we hunt instead of packing the stuff all the time. You just yeah. leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, go ahead. So his, da- his dad gets there and, uh, he's real reluctant to pull the thing out. And I'm just like, get the thing out of the ditch. I don't give a hell. This Chuck has been through the ringer. Just freaking pull the thing. And he's like, I don't know what to really put it on. Cause there's not really any toe, uh, any toe like, uh, hooks, hooks on, on the, the front, front of your truck. Yeah. And, uh, but there, I had the wheel cut all the way to the left and I knew that you could connect to this one kind of, uh, bracket to pull the, the truck out of, because I don't know if you guys know, remember, but a month prior to this, I needed towed because I buried the truck in mud connected with a freaking boat on the back of it <laughs> and the tow company came and they hooked it up to that thing and pulled it out i was like just connect it to there and pull me out so he tries to get traction on the road and his truck's sputtering a little bit i put it mine in four wheel low and just kind of gas it as much as i can and, and we get out and it's like just you know really excited and uh i actually get into the stand before shooting light it was unbelievable how all that happened so that was that was really insane i mean it could have been a shit ton worse i could have flipped the whole truck i could have smashed windows uh you know just really annoying stuff yeah if vance would have said texted me andy i'm in the ditch guess where i'm at it was exactly where as soon as he sent me the screenshot of the map quest I said, that's a big one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge ditch. It is. Ex- it's an extremely bad intersection with how that is. It's just awful the way the, the, way the right-of-ways and stuff are of that. But, yeah, it was, it was bad. Like, you could, you could get really and I'm messed just up. Not, and, and I'm just not familiar with the place. Yeah, I mean, I grew up just four miles the from there. All. So, I, you know, it's... it's and like I said, it's it's such a remote area that it's constantly giving me different ways to get to the property. But yeah, anyway, some are, some are dirt roads. And yeah, some I are dirt roads. Yeah, MapQuest took me on some dirt roads, and I know I went home a different way. <laughs> yeah, and it, that sh- that shit annoys the hell out of me. And yeah. I th- I thought that I thought that I was like on to something and be like, oh yeah, I remember following Andy this place. And then sometimes I would just get like completely turned around and be like, I don't remember this at all. This looks like a horror like film. Yep. Uh, and just stuff like that. But so I get in the stand, same crap. I see like the big freaking four, four point And I see like nothing throughout the rest of the day. Andy has a friend coming in. A hunt a half day. Uh, yep. And then Andy's. Go ahead. Yeah. And then Andy's also coming to hunt the half day. But, uh, you know, I was there the full day. So Andy and I, Andy had a, had a, uh, had an idea like where he wanted to go. And we were talking, um, and I really wanted to sit the field edge because I saw those deer there uh, at the end of the day. And it just kind of kept getting monotonous where I could almost put a pattern together of what was going to happen in that stand. 
for that entire week. But you still just kind of go on luck because anything can happen, right, in fishing and in hunting. But mm-hmm. I kind of put that pattern together. And I was just like, I want to sit on this field edge. It's something that I've never done before. And I don't really think you've ever done much of that either, Andy. And I don't really know why you would when you have, like, such nice stuff to sit in. Yeah, initially, uh, like, I, I'll, I did that in the exact spot that we sat. I have sat, you know, several days over my life. Mm-hmm. Not not a lot, but you, I mean, you're you're right. It's one of Maybe these like things. early stages hunting. Early you stages know, before you had just really nice before you put all that work into the stands and the and the management and things like that. Yeah, and and there's something special going on this year in that the way that the fall was being wet and then snowing. We have a lot of standing crop still. I mean, we. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to probably guess we have 15 to 20 acres of soybeans still up and probably at least that in corn that the farmer could not come and pick. So we're overlooking these ag fields. You know, like when it was hay fields, it, it's completely different mm-hmm. depending on what the farmer's going to do. And there's just, it's a special year that all of this stuff is still here. And it's all very attractive to the deer because it's food, it's cold out, it's snowing, and they want to stay alive. But then, well, so so the so I go back to this little hemlock that has like a, if you stood underneath it, it'd be about four foot tall, and and the branches are weeping down to the snow. If I can paint that picture, it reminded me of like a little place I would like build a a house or like a, make a pretend tree house if I was like a, a kid, like a fort. Yeah. So I thought like like an, it, it was it was good it was good coverage in there. And uh, Andy walks in and he meets me there. And it's about like 3.30. I, I, I packed two little hunting folding chairs. And Vance is sitting on his buddy heater. So I <laughs> give him these folding chairs. And I'm going to paint this picture uh, a little bit more detailed. So I'm walking in this tree line. And on the right side of this tree line as I'm walking, it is the field. And there's like grasses and stuff like that we, that we mow. But it, you know, whatever. 30 yards out, it turns into, you know, ag field. And so I'm walking parallel. And then, like, the the trail that we take, you know, four-wheelers and crap on takes a slight little right, and it enters the field there. But if you turn, like, not quite 180 degrees, it's the, the four-wheeler trail continues into the woods, and it goes to the stand that Vance was in. And the reason that hemlock, it, it's right there on that corner. Um of the entryway in into that field or into the woods that is shaped this way is because we cut the branches so we can drive out into the field and we can, you know, walk and drive down that trail going into the woods. And, you know, that that's, you know, I've sat there or on the, that would be the left side of the trail. I've sat on the right side of the trail as well. But the hemlock's nice because it's a hemlock. Branches, like Van said, they're weeping down. I want to think that some have like, the branches are under snow. The snow load took them down and the snow continued. It was perfect little setup. Vance gets, you know, I give him his chair. He sits looking out in the field and I open up the chair and I'm on his right side, but I'm looking in to the woods. So we're, we're sitting next to each other, but we're looking the opposite ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. So continue. We're right. We're, we're back to back. Yeah. We're back to back. 
and we're sitting there and we're talking and something had happened. We, you know, we, somebody walked through an area that we thought blew up the, blew up the place. And we were just like, you know, giddy and joking and, uh, and really like running amok the entire time being bad hunters, loud, laughing, uh, maybe not paying attention, stuff like that. Having fun. We were having fun. That would be a good, I mean, we were whispering, but we were having fun whispering. We were having, having a lot of fun. And, um, I saw, I saw some, I saw some deer in the woods. It got us serious for a few seconds. They, I, they, I don't know where they went. They got behind some terrain and I lost them. And I'm going to go. Movement started happening. Movement started happening. And I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to address the first, the first deer you saw because I knew something was happening. If anyone's hunted, they've heard the sound of hunting clothes move. I heard the sound of hunting clothes move. So I'm sitting there looking in the woods. Me and Vance are not talking. I hear the sound of clothing and a click. And I'm just like, Jesus, what's going on? I turn around and Vance has his gun shouldered. And he wasn't going to tell me. He was just going to go bang. And I'm literally right there. Because there is a certified doe 80 yards out. It happened so quick. And I was going to shoot through those weeping hemlock branches. He literally had the gun pointed right through the pine needles of these branches. I could have made it. I know you could have, but from my perspective, <laughs> trying to twist around to see what this <laughs> click was. <laughs> well, it was. It happened so fast, but like by the time I had the deer in the crosshairs, it it took like three of these like majestic leaps and it was back into the tree line. I just was lucky enough to be looking through this little cut and. Boom, it appears, safety off, up, gone. And I was devastated because I, I was pretty sure that was a doe. And Andy was like, yeah, that was an absolute doe. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, I'm, and, and then, like, while that, while that happens. Um, Vance is getting very hungry for deer. And I'm getting, because I'm hearing shots on the, other people are shooting deer. And I've been there like the entire week and uh that's just the way it goes sometimes all these other you know some people just show up and and shoot deer like i do generally <laughs> you know like show up hour and a half boom dead nine point show up freaking you know archery hunt boom dead nine point you know i i I, I'm used to I'm used to always winning. So <laughs> it was getting so bad for Vance after that doe leapt out of his life. We're sitting there quiet. We're like, I'm thinking it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you know, I hear out in the distance of a gunshot. And I don't know if he meant to say this loud enough, but Vance murmured, "Lucky." <laughs> he just. A guy shot. I did. Lucky, you lucky son of a bitch. (laughs) I was being sarcastic. I know, but you're just like we're sitting there. It's quiet. (laughs) Lucky, (laughs) just like so 
so like jealousy running through your face. I was not not jealousy. I was I was joking, but I was like pissed, getting pissed off. I know, but it was it was just how you. I know it was a joke, some, but how you said it was so perfect. When I, when I get sometimes when I get pissed off, I perform better. <laughs> Or, or like can get the get stuff done better. I, I don't know why, but like when I can like psych myself up, like it's not the effing mother of this guy, blah, blah, blah. I'll be, you know, you stuff get like pumped. That. I get, yeah, amped up like that. Well, so the movement started happening and I think. What happens next is, okay, so like the road, uh, Andy, I'm not going to use her last name. Andy and his wife, we heard a gunshot close, and I get the text, like, got one down. And, like, they had just shown up, like, three hours prior. Vance has 70 hours in the stand this week. And next thing you know, you know, we're, we're like, okay, pay attention. And I hear Vance say something, and I, I just turn around. I have to turn 180 to look, and there's there's two coming right out of this standing corn. At least that's the direction it looked like they traveled. And Vance it came is, out of nowhere. It was like so. It, it, it just is so quick. You blink your eyes, and they're there all of a sudden. Yeah, so much fun. Then Vance is like sitting in this little chair, and he's like freehand in the gun. And I'm like, Vance, get get prone or something. You know, you're that's a. It was a. You said a get a, You said get a rest. Yeah, I knew. And I, I'm like, I don't have a rest. I, I felt like I felt com- I felt comfortable off of my knee there, but. When somebody tells you in that situation that it like hunts more, get a, uh, you know, get a rest. I didn't know what the F to do. So I just freaking jumped on my stomach. He jumped on his stomach and he did the perfect laying down. He had, he was prone. Everything was perfect, but that, that would have, that is not a chip shot what you did. So you got prone and I got the binos up and I'm watching what happened. I, yeah, I, I got prone. I felt like really comfortable, and that was, it was just like I picked the deer and boom, shot it, and uh, the thing dropped immediately. And that thing was probably like a two hundred plus yard it, shot. It, it right? was. It, I, I would, I would say it was every bit of one seventy five. It, it very well could have been over two hundred. It was, it was a poke, even with modern. You know, that would have been very tough free handed to do it but he yeah. leveled the deer so that was a lot of fun we tag it and get, uh why don't you nestled back into our spot mm-hmm. and it, it's not like 30 seconds later like something happened like getting readjusted i look off to my left i caught movement and there were two deer very close to me and uh i you know i picked the gun up and i'm scoping them because you know i I'm just looking at him through the scope. My gun was in my hands. The binos are not. So I scope and I'm like, Vance, Vance, there's, there's two over here. And, and I'm like, I'm he hits the floor. He hits the floor and like, we're trying to talk. Now here's the problem is that as I'm sitting in the woods, looking in Vance is to my right. Vance has to get to where he doesn't shoot me. Vance then goes on his belly again. And he, he, like, spins on his stomach, now mm-hmm. facing almost 180 <laughs> degrees from the way he just was to shoot the deer in the field. And I still have my gun up because these deer are kind of like, what the heck's going on over there? 
And I'm like, I, 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 I can't, I can't hear, and we're talking. We're trying to communicate because we're the thing is, is that his barrel is, you could like measure your it ankles. is inches from my ankles. I'm like, like towards the end of it. There's no threat of him shooting me, but I am worried about my hearing. So I'm like, Vance, are you gonna shoot? And finally, he's like, yes. And then I plug my ear, my left ear, with my left hand, and I'm still holding my gun up to my shoulder with one hand, which gets tiring after a while. And I'm, he starts talking to me. I'm like, I'm afraid to take my hand off my ear to hear him to say what? Because it, it Murphy's Law, I take it off, and next thing you know, I'm getting hit with percussion. And I'm just, you know, I forget exactly the exchange, but I ended up taking the, the, the stock, the butt end of the stock of the rifle, the, like the side of it, and putting it against the right side of my ear, my right ear, and... I mean, apparently we, we must have com- communicated well enough. Boom, and I you know I get I get the whole shockwave thing, and that deer hits the dirt. And yeah, the deer had its head like right around the tree, so all I saw was kind of like neck. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, shot it just boom, like that head. in minutes. It it completely flipped one eighty. And I I want to describe. So I went there knowing that I was going to be sitting. It was a cold day. And I, I wore this, I bought this outfit specifically for cold sits. And it's, it's called an IWOM or it might be IWOM. It's essentially like a comp, you know, a, a different version of a heater bodysuit to where Vance likes to say, I'm, I'm in a potato sack with arms. But you are. I literally wore shorts in to sit for this sit. And it, it is so incredibly warm. The problem is the mobility for like standing and walking is, is not there. And Vance like is just pumped and I stand up and, you know, it's like handshake fist bump. And then he does like this running tackle hug to me and I'm about to just hit the dirt because I can't walk at all. (laughs) It's like he tied my feet together. I'm like, ah, just, he was so excited. That you know, yeah, they, I, I was I was really excited, man. I mean, that was as a long ass grind to try and get some deer, and it just uh, went boom, boom. Yeah, and just I forgot about all the, the all those hours, and uh, then you know, as things started to settle, started down, to settle down, I went ahead and I, said, "Vance, I guarantee you, one of those is a button buck." And I was like, I guarantee you both of them are. <laughs> and you know what? They both freaking were. <laughs> How terrible is that? <laughs> you invested all that time into not shooting them. And then you got them. And it, to me, it's just the perfect ending. It's just such bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it's bullshit. It's such effing bullshit. <laughs> That, that 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 happens. Everybody's like, "Yeah, I got this like great dough, dough, dough." And I'm just like, "What the f?" I don't see it. It, it just was a, It was. I'm just destined to do that. You know, I'm destined to. It's it's my. Uh, you know, it's something that I have to I have to strive for now. Some people want the big buck. The majority of people do. Also, I want the dough. I just want to shoot a dough. 
So I'm going to just for for the people who who might not have caught all this 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 really long rifle season thing, when Vance wanted to shoot a doe on Saturday, he had to leave early for prior commitments. Monday, his truck battery was dead. Friday, he ditched his. Was that Friday? No. Yeah, it was Friday. Still, 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 even Saturday, the first. That first day, I mean, that's a great day. That's the first day you can shoot deer. We, you heard over a thousand shots. I did. And Vance got to hunt till two something. And we were struggling to see deer. Yeah, it was. I was. In, I saw. I, was I in saw that. like I saw a dozen deer, but they deer, were all yeah. bucks. Yeah. I was in that stand last season on Saturday, and I had them. That they, they Vance knows where they were. They were licking or eating the branches off this old stump that Andy had cut the tree down and these little shoots came off it. And there was like, and four of them were does. There was like a whole family. Of course, of course. At at, at daybreak, but I didn't shoot them because I was still sort of buck hunting. But, you know, but they were everywhere around that stand last year on that Saturday. Apparently they were they were there every day that I was. And they weren't. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, that's that, just that, that that day. I that there were so many does the year before. I understand. I was like, okay, I'm gonna just buck up till one. I'm at one o'clock. At that time on, I'll shoot a doe, and I think I shot at quarter after one. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's a nice doe right there, bang. Mm-hmm. And I did. I can certainly tell the difference now, and a lot of the, I put a lot of time into the woods over these past couple years, and to pick up on what I'm supposed to be looking looking for and whatnot. But you know, I pulled the trigger there on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, just because it was a little bit situational. Yeah, Saturday's coming around. I, you know, I have this evening, I have tomorrow morning, and then I have tomorrow evening. I have like three good opportunities left. Andy was sitting there with me. It just felt like a good thing to go and uh, you should and, and do it because because I you know I I need I need the meat. We want the meat at, at at the house, and those are very much harder to hit. Yes, they are a smaller target to hit than They're much smaller. Yeah, than Jenny Long Muzzle. <laughs> and uh, you know, and the, to to kind of wrap up the thing, I had Andy and his wife back out. They got a nice dough with me. Oh, on Saturday, course, yeah. and uh, first thing Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's you know, and then you know, I I got a couple dough too, but you know, we're, we're already over two hours on this, and yeah, you know, so but Vance had a cool story. Season's not quite over. Vance Vance might want to. I still have a buck tag, and uh, you know, we'll see how bored I get. Come first, uh, second archery, which is like two and a half weeks after Christmas. So, two and a half week long season starting the day after Christmas. So, um, some really, really fun times, good memories. And, uh, that was the hunting season. You know, that's, uh, much better fishing. You had a really good season fishing, which at one point you said that that's probably why your hunting season's been hard, is that you just had a really good fishing season. Yeah. But. It's uh, good hunting. Anyways. Anything else you guys want to add before we wrap this up? Another, another year down. <laughs>
Another, Another year done. We'll get back into the swing of things efficient, uh, and we'll have some guests coming up here uh, at the turn of the new year. We got the show seasons coming up. We'll have a bunch of good content to talk about. So, yep, and the cycle's going to start over again. So, all right. Big thanks, Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, St. Croix Rods, Vicks Marine Sports Center, Ranger Boats, and Muskies Inc. Join Muskies Inc. Great gift for uh, you know an angler in your life, you know whether it be your wife, your husband, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, whatever. It's only forty-five bucks, so uh, no excuse. And whatever you're going to be doing. Snowmobiling, enjoying family, have fun doing it, and uh, thanks for listening.